Welcome to the Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. Welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and uh, I've got to be somewhere else today, so... uh, we're going to rebroadcast as a show that's several years old, but still very timeless message about insurrection and about how things really work and what we should be doing to overcome what people think is tyranny. But of course, you have to get the tyranny out of your own heart before you can get the tyranny and deal with the tyranny in the rest of the world. But anyway, so I put together this. It's almost three hours long. It's two hours and 40 minutes. And uh, it's a compilation of of previous shows on the subject, and uh, hopefully it will help you. Uh, and we'll try to be here next week, uh, uh, and we'll see you then. Until then, peace on your house, and enjoy. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom. I'm Brother Gregory, and we're going to talk again about the kingdom of God. And, of course, we're going to take a look at the kingdoms of the world, which is all the governments of the world. We don't like to call them kingdoms now. You know, they're democracies and republics and and social democracies, and they got all these names. But basically, what a kingdom is, is somebody's ruling over somebody else. Somebody is controlling somebody else's decisions. Somebody else is making decisions for you and deciding often what is good and what is evil. Well, evidently, rioting is now evil uh, for for months and months, rioting was simply in an expression. You know, looting stores, burning businesses, beating up people in the streets, uh, killing cops. That was just frustration and the expression of that frustration because of something that happened somewhere at some time that is supposed to be really bad. Uh, but the reality is, is that there's, you know, we, we've joked about it, uh, you know, if, uh, if the Democrats didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all. Well, the reality is a lot of the, uh, politicians on the, on the right, uh, have a double standard as well. The problems that we're facing now are, are directly connected to both sides of the aisle. Either the, uh, the greed and avarice of one side or the sloth and avarice of the other. I should even say sloth, avarice, and greed uh, of the other. I have a number of friends who uh, and acquaintances who have been in Washington, D.C. during these riots, and some of them are giving me updates on a pretty regular basis. And... Uh, they were out there at night before the... Uh, the events that everybody's heard about now, the supposedly riots and and uh, getting into the Capitol building and uh, and all these things, which the the left is so outraged about, because like I said, now riots are not an expression of frustration. Riots are, you know, crimes and sedition and insurrection and. And so now those riots are all bad and anybody associated with those riots 
in any distant sort of way, you know, the people way down at the other end of the uh, of the uh, uh, park where everybody was gathering, uh, who had nothing to do with the riots, they're all guilty too. And if you're on Facebook with any of these people uh, at any end of the uh, park, you're you're also guilty as well. There there was a purge of hundreds of thousands, at least from one group. There was over a uh, half a million people in one group that were purged because it was the walkaway movement. And the walkaway movement, one of the, the spokesmen for the walkaway movement was a lady who actually was originally in a knitting club and she wrote something. I, I can't remember all of what she wrote. I had read it at one time, but uh, it was impressive. And uh, she got her 15 minutes of fame, which went into even more fame. And so she's now a major spokesman for the walkaway movement. And they even deplatformed her knitting group, which was not political at all, but, but it was her knitting group, that, you know, a group that she was on that was um, kind of a Facebook, you know, shared knitting patterns and things like that. You know, it was all just knitters. And uh, they were deplatformed as well and shut down because... They were connected to her. And that's what they're doing. They were just rushing to close down. Of course, many of you who watch the news, they closed down the President Trump and and Twitter and all these social media. And uh, they actually, you know, like a lot of people that were going to Parler and uh, some of these other alternative social media uh, sites on the Internet. Well, evidently, uh, Google and Apple have... Uh, Created so that the the parlor software doesn't work. The parlor app doesn't work on your your Apple device, and and uh, I I don't know if it's uh, all of them, but you know, these are the reports I'm coming in uh, getting from people. They were saying suddenly their app wasn't working anymore, and you know you ask them, do you have a uh, do you have an iPhone or Apple phone? And uh, yeah. And so it appears that that's the case. So that's kind of important to know that high-tech media who controls a great deal of the communication is out there censoring everybody from the president to knitting clubs so that nobody talks about the riots. So, of course, we're going to talk about the riots a little bit. And it is obvious, I mean, to anybody with uh, just a little common sense that there's a double standard here because we all saw buildings burning and and people going in by the hundreds and hundreds to loot stores and steal sporting goods and TV sets and AOC just making excuses, well, they're just trying to feed their families. Nobody's starving in America unless they've got some really serious problems because there is so much giveaway food. And actually, the only people that I see that are actually, you know, suffering from malnutrition are people who have absolutely poor eating habits and they're eating terrible junk food. And of course, that, that ends up that they're suffering from malnutrition. That's not always going to be the case. People are going to be hungry in America. I mean, severely hungry in America someday because the system is breaking down. And that is the ultimate design of a lot of people is to break down the system so that they can build back better. And we did a couple shows last week on 
this build back better philosophy coming out of the World Economic Forum and then was repeated by um, Mr. Biden when he was running for president. And it's it's definitely a theme because you can see that the the riots that they were having that started with George Floyd who killed himself. Now, see right there, that would get me censored right off of Facebook. George Floyd killed himself by years and years of bad habits and involvement in drugs and I mean he was sitting there with fentanyl in his mouth and had several other uh drugs already in him and uh he uh, swallowed the fentanyl pill when they began to arrest him something he's done before when he was arrested but this time this was causing a shortness of breath it was already causing a shortness of breath before he even got out of the car and he was complaining about that and uh, this was a bad choice. And that fentanyl, there was enough fentanyl in him to kill three of me. And it was amazing that he had survived as long as he did. He did not die from anybody bruising his neck or strangling him. He died because he swallowed that fentanyl. And he was arrested because he committed crimes. And he was put down on the sidewalk because he said he wanted to go down on the sidewalk. He wanted to lay down on the sidewalk. They had already called an ambulance. And they called it again to tell it to hurry up because they they really needed to get an ambulance to him. But he wanted to lay down on the sidewalk. He did not want to get into the car. And he says this. And they had the video from that from the beginning. But they suppressed it because there was an agenda to make an excuse so that people could riot because there is a element of society that wants to bring society to chaos and destruction. Now that's not really the ultimate goal by itself that's in the background, that's behind this. The evil in high places that's behind this wants you to be afraid, wants you to be angry because anger and fear are the same thing and they feed off of that emotion. They also have the idea to create more and more chaos, more and more fear, more and more hate, more and more anger, more and more division because that helps them get that end goal of everybody being angry and afraid because they feed on that. Now they... So they want to bring chaos and destruction. That is the nature of evil. And what happened the other day, that many of the people on the right, who are generally, the the police officers were were offered a great deal more help for that day, and they turned it down. They did not want it because they believed that it would be all peaceful. Because... That is generally what happens, complete peace, when you have these right rallies. They're not violent. They leave less trash than was in the park before they got there. Those stories are rampant in the demonstrations that have come out of the right. You may not have heard that if you're on the left and you may, oh, that's ridiculous. But that is the case. There's a lot of things you don't hear because censoring did not start with Facebook. Censoring was clearly in the media. They censored anything that was that would bring Biden into question. 
I mean, you would under the the present present regime of the media because it is a regime. They're all marching. They want. They actually are now talking about having uh, Fox News removed from the media, and they may eventually get that. Tucker Carlson was being very sarcastic about it. I think that sarcasm is not a value. It's fine for guys sitting around to be a little sarcastic to try to be funny. But uh, if you want to have a professional news media, uh, sarcasm really doesn't have any place. You need more of the Roger Mudd approach, if anybody's old enough to remember Roger Mudd, who was just the facts and giving you the information. And uh, he could have commentary, but he was never flippantly sarcastic. He was actually... Uh, trying to inform people. But people don't really want to be informed. So it's not just the media that's at fault here. People want to be angry. And this is what we've seen for years now with Trump being elected. And I'm not defending Trump. I'm telling you, you're playing into the hands of evil that wants to bring chaos and destruction to the world if you're feeding your hate of Trump or you're feeding your hate of Biden. Uh, I I saw a guy walking in Washington, a friend of mine who was sending out videos. And he sent out quite a few. And I, I made a comment on one of them to begin with. Um, I really don't think he's solving anything. But this is what he wants to do is go down there. And that's fine. We believe in the freedom of choice. But he was saying there's no Antifa out I was in the middle of the night and he's walking the streets and he can't find any Antifa and he did find some other people that were had had a pizza party or something out in front of some hotel. But he couldn't find any Antifa. Well, evidently, Antifa all went to bed early because they had to be up early to catch buses to go down and storm the Capitol. And they did do that. They came in buses. They had escorts. For the buses, they got off the buses, they're wearing Trump paraphernalia, and they stormed, and they're clearly Antifa. Mr. Buffalo guy, he's a professional agitator, he's demonstrated for Antifa and for Black Lives Matter, and other guys that were seen standing there in the middle of the White House with him are also Antifa and overthrow the government people. They are not Trump supporters. And anyway, there's actually a picture of the one Buffalo guy with uh, Nancy Pelosi's, uh, was it his nephew? So this was an element that was put there to cause defamation of character of the people on the right. But the reality is, is that people on the right also stormed in. And this was what I was trying to tell my friend, is that the left is wiser than the right. They're smarter, they're clever. That's how they were able to steal the election. And I do believe they stole the election. It's not been proven in a court of law, but there's enough evidence out there to show that, you know, dead people were voting uh, votes. You know, you see votes going along and suddenly there's a spike of thousands of votes for Biden. Where did the thousands? That just is impossible. Statistically impossible. Just in the last few days... Uh, there's been testimony in Italy of somebody who says they were hired to break into the voting computers and change the vote. And this is an expert 
and he has sworn testimony in a court of law in Italy that he was hired to do this and he did it. Now, is that true? I don't know. Uh, what I do know is that the left, the Democrats, and even many of the Republicans have thwarted proper investigations. They have thwarted the idea of a good election. And there's a reason for that. They want power, and they're fighting for power. This is not new. We're going to take you back to the 1700s. We're going to take you back in history. We'll take you all the way back to the time of Christ and show you that this vying for power is an element in the world all the time. And it brings about chaos and destruction. And it also uh, brings about false flags in order to blame all the problems created by those people who want power. And, and so they need scapegoats to put their hands on and blame for everything that's going to go wrong. And you're going to see that in the future. We also want to get to what the real solution is because Christ gave us the real solution. My friend uh, used to be a part of our network and then he straight off and started running for political office. Uh, you know, now I have a son who ran for a political office, not an executive office, an administrative office, and he's done a lot of good. He's twice he's reversed the uh, tendency of people voting for forced vaccinations simply by speaking up during a vote. Now, his vote doesn't make it law because he's not in, a, in an executive position. But he speaks up and says things, and he's constantly being told this, that uh, the people that are voting, which are actually county commissioners throughout the uh, county of Oregon, uh, they say, we never thought of that. They were all going to vote for forced vaccination. Yeah, we should have forced vaccinations. They thought that was absolutely good. It was just going to be a verbal vote. They didn't even think we needed to count the votes because everybody's in favor of forced vaccinations, right? This is the way they were thinking several years ago. This is one of the first times he came up in a conversation and he uh, with them because he had just been elected. And he spoke up and he, he just said a few things. I don't remember what he said. He's been on our show before. Maybe he said it then. You can go back in, in our archives and see the shows where he has been on. But it reversed the vote. It did not pass. Now, what they're doing is they're voting on legislation that is going to appear in front of the legislatures who are going to make it law, supposedly. You know, on the books, it's going to be law. I don't know if it's lawful what they're doing, but that's what they want to do is force vaccinations. We talked a couple of weeks ago about a 1701, and you'll find uh, similar bills all over the United States, especially in democratically held uh you know, a state and uh, that they want to do away with parental rights that uh, can refuse medical treatment for your children. They want forced vaccinations. They want it for everybody in the United States. They want it for everybody in the world. And that's their goal. For some people, some people, that's their goal. But they're using the people that they're putting in power because they're funding these people that they're putting into power. And uh, so they vote a certain way. And the reason they're getting more and more power is because you have become slothful in the ways of Christ. 
If my friend who was in Washington, D.C. had sat down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and helped us build what Christ commanded Christians to do, which is organized in this tens, hundreds, and thousands, and he had transferred that knowledge of the value of that network to the people that he has that wanted to go down to Washington, D.C., Probably much of what happened during the writing situations would not have happened. This is one of the things I I joined a group. I'm probably going to be completely censored eventually because I joined a group to find out what they're all about. Because that's how you do it. You join the group and you supposedly get information and see how they operate. And it's a people's rights group that's out here, at least on the West Coast. It may be all the way back on the East Coast. I know it's out here in numerous states. But I was impressed immediately with the People's Rights Group as they are a scattered flock. Now, I know a flock that's not a scattered flock. I know a rain sheep that are used to not dealing with fences and going out on the desert and facing coyotes and mountain lions and wolves and bobcats. They stick together. They They are... That is one of the most important things to those sheep is they stick together. And these are the kinds of sheep that David herded. These rain sheep. About half the sheep in the United States are farm flock sheep. They wouldn't survive out on the range because they don't stick together. All they're interested in is to fill their bellies. And I've told lots of stories. They're all back in our archives. Of that, I actually have another story because yesterday the sheep left the field. They went up. They can get through the fences. There's just barbed wire fences in some place. And often the gate is open. The gate was shut this time. But I took my eyes off them for about 20 minutes. And they went up and they went out through the barbed wire fence. Most of them went out. Two of them got hung up in the fence. And they headed back. Well, I realized they were gone and I went up and cut them off. And of course now I'm on foot cutting them off and running them back and they, they did, somebody led them down the wrong path. And they went down the wrong path and I had to circle around and I went and got the dog is what I did. Cause I didn't have a dog with me cause, uh, about a week ago I pulled the meniscus in my knee jumping off of a, a crawler, John Deere crawler. And, uh, so I wasn't moving as fast as I normally do. Uh, and so I was trying to get them back and eventually I got them back and I got the two sheep they were hung up in the fence back you know you got to go get that 99th sheep that got lost up there in the rocks and was stuck in this fence and they they all ran back together and I got them back in and they crossed a miles of desert and went right back all the way to the pen they were supposed to be in they just got filled up and decided they were going to get into mischief. But they were all sticking together. I used to herd farm flock sheep out on the desert. But I was a lot better runner in those days. <laughs> and I had some really good dogs that were with me all the time uh, over the years. One dog usually at a time. But the reality is they knew how to stick together. They knew how to move together. And when one of them got separate, the the only thing they were thinking about, not filling their bellies, but getting back with the other sheep and sticking together. You guys don't know how to do that. You don't, see, one of the things that happened is all the cell phones stopped working during this. 
this was a that was a coordinated effort to use these demonstrators to create an incident so that they could defame them and shut down the media, shut down their their networks, so the little bit of contact they had wasn't going to exist anymore. And it matters that they're calling the people on the right seditious and insurrectionists and terrorists. Because they're going to lump all of you together. And this is a part of a plan. And we're going to talk more and more about what they're... Everybody wants to know what's happening. Well, we're going to tell you what's happening now and what's going to happen when we come back. So, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So, there was all this chaos in Washington, D.C. But the reality is what you really were seeing is the evidence of the chaos. The evidence of the lack of order. The evidence of the fact that we are lost sheep. We are a scattered flock. That's what you're seeing. That you have, you know, the estimates. Some people thought there were a million people there at the demonstration. Others even gave higher numbers. Some, of course, on the left were saying, uh, probably not even 100,000 people. Well, it was a lot of people. There's no two ways about that. But the reality is, they, there were other people there that decided to do things that were bad. Now, there was clearly, there were clearly plants who were brought there, instigators that, that were going to charge in and claim to be, you know, taking over and look crazy like the, the buffalo guy. And, uh, that was going to get you your, you know, your, your, six o'clock news, <laughs> you know, poster boy to make everybody on the right seem like crazy Buffalo guy. And he's not even on the right. He's on the left. Clearly he's, but he is a professional agitator. He goes all the time. And uh, he certainly doesn't represent most of the people who voted for Trump. The problem is, though, I did not vote for Trump. I... I pray for Trump, I pray for Biden, I pray for you. But the reality is, is that he is not your salvation. And even Christ is probably not your salvation because you're not doing what Christ said. If you want Christ to be your salvation, you got to do what Christ said. Or at least try. I mean, Christ used words like strive, seek, persevere. He didn't just say, think something, and then you're automatically saved. Because that that is nonsense. As a matter of fact, he said, those who say, Lord, Lord, but don't do the will, they are not my brothers and my sisters. And he warned about the many who would say they believe, but he actually calls them workers of iniquity. Christ's plan was simple. He only... Only a few things did he command us to do. And one of them was to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And if you look at the history of the early church, not the Constantinian church, but the early church, that's what they were doing. They were organizing in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And that's that's just a matter of historical record. You can find the remnant of that was still in existence during the American Revolution. We had tithings. Tens, hundreds, and thousands. Now, that's just been expunged from the average guy's history. But, you know, we quote lots of historians uh, at the website and in some of the books 
have been discovering that that is the most common form of self-government throughout the history of mankind is that people organize themselves in ranks of tens, hundreds, and thousands. Ten, ten men, ten families get together. They pick a, a connecting point, a minister to connect them with everybody else, a national connection point. And then he gathers with nine other guys like himself And they pick a connection point, a minister to minister that connection point. Because this is how you create a national and international network. And then you add the teachings of Christ, which is not covet your neighbor's goods, judge not lest you be judged, don't take a bite out of your neighbor, all these, you know, forgive, all these basic principles of Christ in that network. And now you will have a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire, in the heart of the Nazi Empire, the Third Reich, uh, in the heart of uh, the oppression of Rome. You would have this viable republic. That's what it was called. And Gibbons, he referred to the Christians as a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. An ever-increasing state. But it was a state where the individual had the right to choose how much you were going to give to a particular cause. Now you just, we did a show on the stimulus and we just, uh, I'll probably post on the network the article. I've already posted the audios, but the audios are at the article. If you want to get access to this, access to this, join our network. And what I'm going to send out, I tried to send it out last night, it didn't seem to go out. But um, it may have gone out this morning. Something was wrong with my phone. I have to do a lot of this on my phone. But I want to get all the ministers of the network to make sure they've downloaded the data of all the uh, emails. This is individually held. I don't do it. I, I want them to do it so that we have copies all over the country and in other countries wherever the network is extended. Uh, so they have other ways of co- connecting. Now, in the living network where you're actually sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, you're not just connected by email. Your ministers should have your phone number, the phone number of your nearest relative, maybe the phone number of somebody who lives near next door. So we can't get a hold of you. We can call up the guy who lives next door and say, hey, let's check on him. I haven't heard from him and I can't seem to get a hold of him. This is the way you create connections in the network. And then we we have um, a group, not extremely active, but we, the more people we get, the more active it will get. And, you know, it has to do with uh, shortwave radio so that you can connect that way. And uh, the idea, the more and more people that you get into this network of tens, hundreds, and thousands who are actually following the principles of Christ... They're not trying to rule over the guy next door. They want to give you the right to choose. This is one of the divisions that you can see in the spirit. Facebook doesn't want you the right to choose even what you say and talk about. Twitter does not want to give you the right to choose what you want to talk about or what you want to hear. That when they ban the president... They banned you from hearing the president. 
and whatever he has to say. I might not agree with what he has to say. But I'd like to hear what he has to say. He's, you know, commander-in-chief of the army. You know, (laughs) he's in this big, powerful position. We should have a right to hear what he has to say. Twitter doesn't think so. Facebook doesn't think so. Apple doesn't think so. They don't only think you don't have the right to speak, you don't have the right to hear. This is demonic. This is evil itself. Now, they don't think of themselves that. They think they're saving you. They would call evil good. And they would call good evil. And, of course, that's what you're seeing. Now, if we went over there on the right, I could find you guys that would do the same thing. You know, what? what is the, one of the big characteristics you find over there on the left? They're very emotionalized, not very rational, very emotional. And, and you know, they, we have a local group here in Summer Lake, and we, we jokingly, affectionately refer to them as the I Hate Trump Club. And they would meet like every Tuesday in one of the local bars until everybody had to wear a mask. I don't think they're meeting anymore. But uh, that they would get together to say all kinds of bad things about Trump and all this stuff because they love to hate. Now, they don't. They're nice people. I like some of them. Have a great deal of respect for some of them. But they were falling in love with hating Trump. And it wasn't anything about Trump that made this a bad thing. What made it a bad thing is the hate, the judgment. They love to judge. They love to look down on other people. They were taking a turn down a road from which there may be no return. There certainly is no return without repentance, which is thinking a different way. Judging others, hating others, despising others, shutting other people up, coveting their goods, taking a bite out of one another, is bringing you down into a realm where you will become subject to the principalities of the air, the prince, uh, you know, the the principalities in high places. You will not be able to fight. I was talking to somebody, big strong guy. Uh, he's getting old now and having a little trouble getting around, but we were talking at a Bible study the other night, and, uh, and, uh, we were talking about things to do to protect yourself from serious cases of COVID. He's an older guy, I'm an older guy. There was a lot of young people there. But, uh, COVID's really not dangerous at all, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. I, I listened to, uh, Simone Gold. If, Anything that comes out of Dr. Simone Gold's mouth is probably worth listening to. But she's probably going to be censored as well. Well, she already has been censored. But she's a brilliant uh, lady, very compassionate lady, very outspoken, very courageous lady. But uh, she was talking about the coronavirus and, and the things that you can do to prevent it from getting bad because there's all kinds of therapeutics available. And they don't even want you to know about them. Safe things that will protect you. And because Trump mentioned one of them, they've been blackballed, even outlawed. She's been fired from her job. She is a brilliant woman. She's not only a doctor of a great deal of renowned experience, she's also an attorney. So she was not the one you should have fired. (laughs) 
because she she can now take you to court. But there's a war going on right now. It's not really a shooting war yet, but there's a war going on, and evil is winning. And one of the reasons it's winning is because it's making you angry. They they don't care whether you hate them or conform to them. That's the thing. Evil just wants you to react to them. Because if you're reacting to what they're doing, you're not following the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is something else altogether. Now that that sounds kind of metaphysical, but uh and it is. And, and we may get into that eventually, maybe more in the second show this afternoon. But uh, that is the key to freedom. The Christians realize this is why there was all this forgiving going on, you know, and uh, blessing your enemy. That that didn't start with the Christians. The Essenes were doing that. You can actually go back in ancient history. They left judgment to God. And you're actually in a spiritual war that's beginning to heat up and manifest itself, obviously, with emotions where there's hate and people are making bad choices. About, you know, half a dozen times in the last week before we got to this point, when I saw people going to Washington uh, already by then, before anything even happened, I kept thinking of the Jacobites. And the Jacobites, Jacobites were literally wiped out. We may talk a little bit more about them. In a particular battle, they were all lined up and they were ready with their, their militia type soldiers and everything and they were well trained and very powerful people. But they didn't have any artillery. And the British had artillery and had it up on a hill. It was sitting there, they knew it was there. And uh, they were trying to taunt the English soldiers to come down and fight them down where they were, which is on the edge of this woods. And they wouldn't come. Of course, they're disciplined soldiers and they're given orders by, you know, top-down authority and they stayed their ground. And the Jacobites thought, you know, they kept trying to taunt them. And eventually the Jacobites took off running towards them. Most of them weren't leaving and running towards them. They were firing shots over at them, but they were pretty much out of range. Occasionally somebody might get hit, but they were pretty safe where they were. They could actually move back into the woods and they would just be invisible and invulnerable. But they were trying to provoke the fight to get the battle over. And they could have defeated the army, except for that artillery up on the hill. And eventually, some of them took off running towards the English. And the others did not want them to run out there alone. And so they began to follow. And then so many people, they were told to hold lines, but somebody decided not to, and they ran forward and put themselves in danger. This is how sheep go over a cliff is that they're following the wrong guys. And they ran right underneath those guns and they were mowed down and and just literally wiped out. And the wounded were left on the field because they, they didn't even make it to the other troops. By the time they got to the other troops, they were so decimated by that artillery that they 
they weren't going any farther. And then those troops could go out and just bayonet the wounded and just kill them one by one. And that was the end of the Jacobites. This is where you're at because you're not listening to Christ. You're all about emotion. Both sides. More so on the left, but it doesn't matter. It's on the right as well. They like to get into the big groups. They go to the demonstrations and everybody's happy. I mean, they're peaceful rallies, almost always, on the Republican side. Uh, there are some people, I should say conservative side, there's some people that want to go out there. And, and these are the ones who got the Jacobites killed. And I'm not going to pick on whole groups like the Proud Boys or anything. But the guys who go out there and just waiting for Antifa to try something. And then they're going to fight that those guys in the streets. They're not going to let them get away with it. They may not instigate it. But they're ready for that. And to prove that they're strong and not afraid. But what they're also proving is they're not wise. And you have to be as wise as the serpent. You cannot be moving from emotion. The Holy Spirit is not emotion. It is the antithesis of emotion. And like I said, evil wants you to respond to it. It doesn't care whether you're angry at it or afraid of it. It just wants you to move and act because of its presence. If you come in and face evil and remain in that still, calm place, listening to the still, small voice, which is not emotional, it's just like a light, not flickering, you will have more power over the evil than you can imagine. Some of you might be killed, but I can tell you this, some of you will be killed anyway. If you, if the Jacobites chose to charge when it was a dumb idea, and I can show you uh, stories in history, the Gauls did the same thing with Caesar. They, they did not use good sense, they used emotion and they charged in where they should not have charged and had the counter effect and actually thousands died and millions were enslaved. So the Gauls did this, the Brits did this. Uh, when they were uh, uh, fighting uh, against the Romans. The Romans were sh- shocked when they charged across this field into the Roman uh, centurions and, and, and their fortified spots. They knew like they're going to die. And they knew it too, but their emotions took possession and their common sense went out the window and they moved forward with that emotion of anger and resentment. The, the Romans had, some Romans had raped their, the, literally their queen after the king had died and uh, raped uh, her daughters. And so they, and so she was mounted this attack against the Romans. And instead of using wise tactics, they followed emotions. And this is what happened. And one of the reasons why is they wouldn't stay together. You know, like I said, only one of those sheep was actually stuck in the wire up in the rocks. The other one was just staying with that sheep. That sheep wanted to get to the other sheep, but he couldn't 
And the other one stayed with him because he would not leave his side until I got him out of the wire and then they both went down and joined the other sheep. But I didn't go and get him out of the wire until I got the other sheep back near him so that they would come together. And boy, they stuck together going back home um, because, you know, that that is in their nature. That's not in your nature yet. It's not, you do not have the bonds of righteousness that connect you with another. This is one of the things people uh, like to talk about, that to break the bonds which have connected them with another. Well, you want other bonds. You want righteous bonds. And this is what Christ was teaching you, how to form those righteous bonds. This is why one of the first things he commanded, only thing he commanded, was that you sit down in these tens, hundreds, and thousands and provide, make sure that everybody had enough to eat. The loaves and fishes. And, you know, I, I know it's a real controversial point when I explain what actually happens. And that came up in a recent Bible study. And I had told this individual years ago what was really going on at the loaves and fishes. It was different than what you're told in most churches. But he said... Just the day before, he had been reading the same thing. Or, I don't know if it was the day before, just recently. He had been reading this, the, that section in Mark. And he realized that, yeah, it actually tells you right there. They weren't, the people weren't short of food. The apostles were short of food. The, the apostles weren't going to go to town and get food for 30,000 people. That, how are they going to do that? They're going to carry 30,000 loaves of bread back because these people are short of food? No, it was the apostles who were short of food. And I won't go into the whole thing, but once you understand what they were doing out there, what was going on, why Christ commanded that his disciples make the people sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands, you will understand the gospel even better. Now, why he was saying that was because that's how you create the bonds which connect you in the kingdom of God. It's not great signs and wonders. The way that you're creating the bonds in the kingdom of God is loving one another, being there for one another, sharing with one another, forgiving one another. Blessing one another. It's not contracts, covenants, and constitutions. That's that's what Cain uses. That's what Pharaoh uses. That's what Caesar uses. That's what Lamech uses. But we're not supposed to make covenants with them. And we're not supposed to covet our neighbor's goods. They have you all making covenants with them that are based on covetous practices. They're worried about the left ushering in socialism when Social Security is socialism. Public school is socialism. Federal Reserve Bank of Bankers is socialism. You've already got all ten planks of the Communist Manifesto law in the United States. And that happened when Republicans and Democrats were in power. And nobody's moving back. We've known there's been a problem with Dominion machines for over a decade. For almost a decade, anyway. I remember back years and years ago, there was testimony 
of programmers saying that these machines are vulnerable. Now, of course, the president of the company says, no, they're not. But, I mean, his whole livelihood is dependent upon him saying they're not. But you got sworn testimony that they are. They are vulnerable. And mail-in voting is vulnerable. Already, the Democrats aren't really fully in power yet, and they are, they are going out there, and they want it so that you can mail, uh, not even mail in your ballot, you can actually vote online. You know, ever since they allowed mail-in votes, just generally mail-in votes, not what mail-in votes used to require, that you re- filled out a form to request a mail-in ballot, you had to sign that form, then you'd get that ballot equivalent to the, what you applied for, and then that would have to come in as well, signed, and then they could compare the signatures. So there was some safeguards in that. It was only for absentee voters, people who couldn't get down there. As soon as they went to, everybody could mail in their ballots, there's never been a Republican elected Congress and governor uh, in the state of Oregon. Because they've been cheating all along. And we've known they've been cheating all along. How much? I don't know. Have they swayed every election? No. But they're definitely influencing it. It's ripe for corruption. We know that. The Republicans knew that. They did nothing about it. They they just let it go. There's all kinds of people gathering evidence all the time. Dead people have been voting every year for election after election. It just was so extreme that it was more obvious. But we've known about it. But they've been slothful in doing anything about it. But of course, I know that your salvation is not in those governments. I would like to see them honestly vote, if that's what they want to do. Because honesty is a policy of the kingdom. Truth is a, a policy of the kingdom. And I know that if you lie and if you cheat, you're bringing yourself down more and more subject to the evil that wants chaos and destruction. It doesn't matter whether it was the Republicans who did it or the Democrats. I'm sure Republicans have cheated in voting as well. I just think the Democrats have been more enthusiastic about it. But you've lost your country now. You're losing your right to free speech. They're going to be arresting you. There are there are bills up. There are laws up. There are plans up uh, to have places to put people and their children, separate their children, rip their children from their arms if they don't get vaccinations. That This is in writing. I've seen it printed out in full color. They want to do that. And you have no defense against it because you haven't done what Christ said, which is to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and create those bonds that connect the righteous with the righteous. To care for one another through faith, hope, and charity. But you haven't done that. Your preachers aren't teaching you that. And you need to repent and learn it yourself. We'll be right back. So welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. So... Things are going to get worse. I'm predicting that. But I also remember Nineveh. 
I understand that the reason the world events are unfolding towards this disaster and chaos and the reason men are seizing power and control and and also trying to stifle free speech and they're going to want to take guns away and you know it really doesn't matter they then they don't really want to stop you from true violent insurrection they want you to do that so they can call in foreign troops to bring peace and order they're con- they have lots of contingency plans and they are going to get away with it because you're a scattered flock. And they're just going to pick you off one at a time and they're going to get some groups to run out ahead and uh, create chaos more and more and then they will use that. Those guys who stormed into the capital, whether they were Antifa or whether they were right right-wing extremist or emotionalized the guys protesting the election which is reasonable to protest because I think it was a lot of stuff going on and if the left was really interested in the truth they wouldn't have been stifling people they wouldn't have been chasing out vote watchers and uh, they would they would be open and transparent and they're not they're not letting people even look at the internal workings of the machines and and uh, to check the software, to look for footprints, to to have proper recounts. If they, w- if the left was interested in honest elections, they would have had paper ballot elections and only mail in by request and and match up signatures. They would have done everything that the right wanted to have done to guarantee to the right that it was an honest election. Instead, they did the reverse. So it's very clear they did not want to, and the only reason they would not want it to be obvious that it wasn't an honest election, other than just saying it, is because they know it wasn't honest too. And there's just, there's just so much lying going on and deception. But that's their government. That's the kingdoms of the world. We're supposed to be saying there is another king, one Jesus. Jesus did not centralize the authority in the kingdom. He did, He has a policy of separation of powers. Not three branches of government. But in America, it would be 300 branches of government. Excuse me, 300 million branches of government. Because he would have given the power of choice to each individual for most things in the world today. And that's why they, Paul talks about and James talks about this perfect law of liberty. Where we don't take a bite out of one another. Where we don't covet our neighbor's goods. Where we do not force the contributions of the people like the Corbin of the Pharisees. That's what Corbin means sacrifice. The sacrifice of the Pharisee was now forced. John the Baptist said, you don't do it by force. You do it by charity. Jesus said, you do it by charity. If you're, and what they're doing is giving you the right to choose. They're conceding that you have a fundamental right to choose. The Republican Party has not done that for years and years and years. I heard Crenshaw talking about the stimulus bill and he was against some of the things that were in the stimulus bill. 
You should be against all of the things in the stimulus bill because all of them are the result of taking away the right of choice to the people. If you want to, you know, support gender studies in Pakistan, take up a collection and everybody who wants to send money to Pakistan for gender studies can do it. The choice is in the hands of the individual. There is redistribution of wealth in the kingdom of God. And that is decided by the individual. The Republicans aren't giving you that choice. They're making that choice for you. And you're okay with it because you're busy watching Friends or or some other show today. I don't know what's uh, Big Bang Theory. I guess that's off too. I don't know what's on. <laughs> Whatever it is. You're watching that. Instead of making these choices uh, to take care of the needy of your society, you have neglected that. You have entered into the covetous practices of the social welfare state. And you have already lost the battle of righteousness. If you want to win it again, you're not going to win it with emotionalized demonstrations where you all go and shake hands. Now we have that in the kingdom too. We have that at like Feast of Tabernacles. That's one of those big convocations where everybody gets together. Pentecost. Another one of those big convocations where everybody gets together and we all can go around and hug one another. And almost nobody would be wearing a mask. So what's going to happen? It's going to get worse because you're not repenting. You're not thinking like Christ. Christ and Moses were in agreement. Some people says, oh, so you think we have to go back and abide by the laws of Moses? No, we have to abide by the laws of God. Not the statutes of Moses. Statutes of Moses are just trying to explain to you how the law of God works. We don't have to uh, follow that as if it's some sort of checklist of do this and do that. But the principle is the same. How in the world is it loving your neighbor to create a Federal Reserve? How in the world is it loving your neighbor uh, to covet his goods, to get him to sign up for a system where we can force your contribution so that I can go to free, get free uh, college, or well, grade school? And high school education, and now they want to extend it on to college. That that should never have come about in America. Those were wrong turns, and it's going to take humility to see that. This is what he's talking about. We have to humble ourselves and get right knowledge. We're not humbling ourselves with that right knowledge. What What's the deal? Why aren't we humbling ourselves with this right knowledge? But I say unto you that ye resist not evil, but whosoever shall smite thee on thy right cheek, turn to him the other also. Well, the guys who stormed into the capital, they don't understand that principle. It doesn't mean that you can't duck the next time that he tries to strike you. <laughs> It doesn't mean you can't block. It just means that you forgive him. I'm all for you going and fixing your elections. But I also know that once you got your elections fixed so you actually have the a proper vote, you still won't be saved. 
you'll still have, you know, a large portion of a large number of cities will still be democratic. And they will still be forcing your neighbors to contribute to your welfare through these covetous practices. I, you know, like I said, I, I'm fine if you elect Trump. Actually, I said there were two things I were worried about in the last election. One is that a Biden might be elected. And the other thing I was worried about is that Trump might be elected. <laughs> if Biden was elected, he'd do all the crazy things you see them doing now that is going to usher in destruction and chaos and anger and resentment. But if Trump was elected, you'd all go back thinking you'd won. And that Trump was your salvation. Neither one of them are your salvation. Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth cometh the knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk upright. He keepeth the path of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity and every good path. You don't understand that. You know, it's like, uh, you know, they tried to close roads here uh, and uh, keep people out of certain properties that they owned and stuff like that. And uh, somebody usurped the the permission they gave. They actually started putting the road in the wrong place and then they're surprised that they got barred from going in there at all. Well, fortunately, my son is a man of reason. He went and he talked to them. He wasn't told the truth at the beginning but he, by uh, by the uh, local citizen. But uh, he, he ended up making peace and the guy's going to be able to get his road in and they're going to let him get access to his property. But he has to do it in certain... You know, compromise and work with them. And it, that takes humility sometimes. But I tell you what it takes more than anything, and this is, I can't impress this upon people enough. I know most people aren't going to believe it. That if you're rooted in righteousness and forgiveness and love for your neighbor, there will be a place in your heart for the Holy Spirit, not the emotional spirit. And you will go in and they will listen to your reason. They will abide by your thoughts. And you will have a power there that isn't on paper, but it's in truth. But if you don't, well then you're, they're gonna just run over you and run you ragged. Uh, people are very concerned about the fact that these forced vaccinations are coming. Now, at first, they're not going to force vaccinations uh, in most places. I mean, they are already in some places. They're coercing people into getting the vaccination. You can't go. Remember, you can't go into a convalescent home now. Hardly. You got to, you know, sometimes make an appointment. You can only go in one at a time, etc. Meanwhile, they're going around giving vaccinations to your parents that are in there, and your relatives that are in there, and coercing them into getting this vaccine. We call it a vaccination, but it's actually a biological agent. Experimental biological agent. That's what they're injecting into the muscle of people. 
And, of course, there's an awful lot of mindless people who have no idea what's going on, and they just do it. But you can't even be in the, the convalescent home or in the hospital to advocate for your elderly relative. Because they've already got you beat. They got you wearing masks. So you can be the rebel and say, well, I'm not going to wear the mask. And generally speaking, I never wear a mask. But occasionally I do it. But I tell you that if you put the Holy Spirit in the works, you'd be amazed at what you can get away with. But I'm not trying to get away with something because I can see what's coming. I'm interested in the children. For when they shall say, peace and safety, then suddenly destruction cometh upon them, as travail upon a woman with child, and they shall not escape. They think there's peace and safety in this biological agent they want to inject into your arm and the arms of your children. There is a real danger of sterilization with this. There were no animal trials and normally mRNA vaccines fail the tests because the animals become sicker or they die or they become sterile. But they skipped animal tests for most of these. And so we don't know. And they say we don't know if it's going to cause sterility. But I'll tell you that there's a good possibility that it might. If not this shot, the next one. Because, you know, you have to take two with this. And they are already saying. See, they tell you what they're going to do. But you're not listening. They're already saying the virus is mutating. So, you know what? They're going to have to make a new vaccine. You get this. You can't take off the mask because you get the vaccine. They already said that. You can't stop social distancing. We're not going to open things up. They were always telling you we get the vaccine and we can get back to normal. It's the only way to do it. Now they're already telling you, because you have such a short memory, that they're not going to be able to get back to normal even with the vaccine. And they're already telling you that it's changing so we may have to make another vaccine. Plus, these laws that are going in are going to make you take all the other vaccines and any other vaccine they come up with. And they're not even testing these vaccines. They're still experimental biological agents that they're putting into your body that will cause your cells to replicate a synthetic uh, antigen that is patented by China. They're not going to charge you, but your body's going to be manufacturing their patented antigen. Reminds me of Merchant of Venice that, that uh, they may come and want their antigen back. Their gem, a genetically modified antigen that your body is producing. They may want them all back. So they're going to have to now take out a pound of your flesh to get it all. <laughs> so of course, that was the whole thing, is that you you might die when he comes to get his pound of flesh. So, anyway, uh, it, there's bad things coming. And uh, Jeremiah 33, 6 says, Behold, I will bring it uh, health and cure, and I will cure them, and will reveal unto them the abundance of peace and truth. And that's what Christ did. 
But you're not doing what Christ said, so, you know, peace and truth don't belong to you. And the health and cure will not be yours. Because you're not doing what he said. You're not living by faith, hope, and charity. Most of you are surviving by systems based on force and fear and fealty and debt. And you've become surety for debt and made your children surety for debt. Because you wouldn't sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You would go to your rallies and get your emotional high of being with all the other guys, thinking we're going to fix this. No, we're not. Somebody says, well, what do we do? I actually have several people that ask me this. They've come on to the network, and uh, some of them not on the network yet. I, like I said, I've been to Bible studies. My son went to a Bible study early this morning before the sun was up. And the reality is that people are trying to figure out, because they, none, none of the churches are teaching them about the kingdom of God. They're, they're acting like the kingdom of God is somewhere down the road. kingdom of God was at hand. These The early Christians were saying... They were doing contrary to the decrees of Caesar. They weren't disobeying Caesar. They didn't have to obey Caesar in some of the things that he would require, which you can see in the apologies written by people like Justin the Martyr. They, their kingdom was not of the world of Rome. They were a separate government. Now, you know, they paid the fees that they had to pay, but they didn't have to pay into the social welfare system of Rome because Christ had re- arranged it that they had their own social welfare system. You still have to pay into the social welfare system of Rome, which is your social security tax, your income tax. The income tax isn't, that isn't paying for government. That's paying the interest on the debt that government has accumulated by spending money it doesn't have and making you merchandise and your children surety for that debt. That's what you've done. You've, you've gone back into the bondage of Egypt with a worse deal than Joseph made. Joseph made a pretty good deal considering the people had to go into bondage. But he had a 20% ceiling limit. Now, the, the crafts of state, they increased that burden, but it was still 20%. I could explain all that, but we'll get off the topic. We have to realize that the real destroyers of liberties of the people is he who spreads amongst them bounties, donations, and benefits. And when those benefits come to you by the expense of your neighbor, you're not loving your neighbor. And you are on the road away from the kingdom of God going to perdition and destruction. And you have to repent. Like it says in Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, people think that all I have to do is believe in the Jesus that I imagine in my head and my sins are forgiven but Jesus says not those who say Lord Lord imagine that they're actually following Jesus 
but those who doeth the will of the Father, and he condemns whole groups that think that they, it says, it warns that he's going to condemn whole groups that say they are following Jesus and are not. Are you living by faith, hope, and charity? Are you, do you have a daily ministration like the first century church that takes care of all the social welfare of the needy through faith, hope, and charity? No. You don't have that. Some of the Amish kind of have that. But they have, they have other stumbling blocks. You're not seeking the face of Christ. You're seeking an image of Christ created by a church that has delivered you back into the bondage of Egypt again and made you merchandise and cursed your children. Romans 12.2 says, And be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of the mind. And so I've just been telling you how you would think in the kingdom of God. And some of you are thinking that. I don't want the benefits of the world. Great. Do you want to become the benefactors of righteousness? That's what you need to do is become those benefactors of righteousness. Are you doing that? No, most people are not doing that. They're, they're not. And the only way you could practically do it is to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands like Christ commanded. That That's how you do that. So he says, Be not conformed to the world. And the word there is not constitutional order and system of government. The word there is age, aeon. And, you know, a thousand years ago, most of the people took care of the needy through faith, hope, and charity. Governments didn't do it. 200 years ago in America, the government didn't provide you with free education. There was free education around if you couldn't afford education. But the government didn't provide it. People did, through charity. There was free hospital care, medical care, for those who couldn't afford it. But it was provided through charity, through philanthropical organizations, philanthropic organizations, and through the church, which is supposed to be a philanthropic organization. And that's how we did it. And somebody posted this morning, you know, George Mason uh, comment that uh, talking about the militia. The militia is the whole of society. Well, it's actually every able-bodied man between the ages ages of 17 and I think 45. By code, that's what it says. But the militia was building schools, hospitals, roads with voluntary labor. Not taxation, voluntary labor. You don't even have the knowledge of that anymore. How could you do that unless you were sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands? This is what you should be doing. Not demonstrating and and, uh, storming Capitol buildings and breaking windows and pulling down barricades. That's not what you should be doing now. And the Holy Spirit would help you resolve these issues if you were actually doing what Christ said. 
what Christ commanded, which was to organize the people in the tens, hundreds, and thousands so that they would take care of one another. So, like I said, in um, Romans 12, too, that's it. Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by a renewing of the mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable, perfect will of God. But you're not conforming. You're actually, conform, uh, you know, to Christ. You're conforming to the world. You're not doing what he said. Sitting down in those tens, hundreds, and thousands. And this is what several people were asking me. Is they want to know, that, I mean, and I understand. They want to know what that looks like in my community, where I am right now. They're anxious. They're desirous. So the problem is, is that I cannot manifest this. By a wave of a wand. When Christ, Christ had already been ministering to people enough so that he had, you know, an audience of around 30,000 or more people. I mean, it was 5,000 men and their families. So right away we know there was at least 10,000 because that included his wife. It included his kids, which some of his kids might be 20 or 30 years old or 40 years old. And so, you know, and he might have 10 kids. So it could have been 50,000 people there. Or 60,000 people there. And he says, sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. There's not going to be any loaves and fishes until people are doing that. And they're, they're trying to tell us that the loaves and fishes came out of the thin air. And it's a great story. And I'm sure God could make loaves and fishes come out of the thin air. But the story is much simpler. They only needed food for the apostles who were literally in the place of the Levites. They were the new ministers of the kingdom of God. The old ministers were the Levites. And they were saying, we're short of food. And he was saying... You know, they were going to go to town and get food for them. They weren't going to go to town and get food for 50,000 people. There wasn't enough food there. These people came out there because it was a planned event. They brought food with them. But according to the law, they had to share that with the ministers. And they hadn't done that yet. But they did. We'll be right back. So, welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. Like I said, if you were actually doing what Christ said, you'd have the tools to thwart the present corruption that is taking a hold of the world today. Yeah, I, I have a letter here from somebody who was at the uh, at those rallies in D.C. And, and they, they said they're burned out by the rumors, uh, specific uh, perspectives, one-sided narratives. And there are many things happening in this country the, uh, that logically do not make sense to me. Yeah, I felt like God put on my heart to be in D.C. And that's the thing is that I don't have any objection to people going down there and demonstrating. I'm just saying that if you went down there with the tools that Christ told us to put together as followers of Christ, you could go down there and actually make a difference. Now, they were, they were surprised that uh, suddenly all the phones didn't work. 
Now, there could be a lot of reasons for that, but it's probably planned. Somebody shut off the phones. This is a coordinated effort. They're smarter than you. If you were as smart as the, as wise as the serpent, you would have known that something like this was liable to happen. I, I could see it coming. And you know, you can get small devices that will allow you to text on your phones. Uh, even if the towers are down. You don't need the towers. You can, you, there, there's technology available for not very much money and if you were organized in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and say, they were estimating there was at least 300,000 people there. Say there was 100,000 Christians there, real Christians, in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They could all have been communicating and shared everything with everybody else. If there was just 10,000 or 5,000 like there was at the Lows and Fishes, they could have been the communication network for everybody. And you would want people making it clear that you do absolutely do not want to do anything. See, I saw them opening the doors. Cops just standing to the side and letting people walk in. That's, that's on video. There were other places where people were forcing their way in, but there were other places where they were just let in. I actually saw people come out of the building and wave people, not with coats or anything, short sleeve, waving people to come forward and the barricades being moved so that people could come forward and go in. And some people, one guy even said in one of the videos that, you know, they could be locking us in here. You were being trapped into making a demonstration. Now, some of the guys got rough. Some of the guys got pushy. Some of the guys were not real Trump supporters. And some were. But you were being sucked in to create a display to destroy everything that you guys have been working for. You were running out ahead like the Jacobites right into cannon fire. Where now the media, which is not on your side to begin with, can use the footage that they get with those few in there while 300,000 are out there still wondering why their phones don't work. Are being set up because they're going to be lumped in with the ones that ran in and Buffalo guy who has nothing to do with them. And the media is going to spin this and you could see that that was going to happen. And they were already ready to refer to you guys as insurrectionists, sedition, and all these other things, terrorists. And they're already shutting down, uh, you know, social media for maybe millions of people. Certainly millions of people. There are millions of people who cannot get either, they can't send messages or they can't receive messages from certain people that used to be able, I mean, shutting down Trump, millions of people are not going to hear from Trump. They're not just shutting down Trump. They're shutting you down to hear what Trump has to say because it, you can't have the conversation. They've already shut you down for months and months that you, you're not supposed to gather together. You can't gather together in your churches. You can't gather together in restaurants and talk about the issues. To find out information, just like my son when he was finally put into a place mysteriously, why in the world he ever ran for office, uh, it has to be the Holy Spirit. And there were people that were complaining, didn't want to give him that choice to do that. People in our network thought, oh, this is a traitor, he's going into the system. Maybe God was sending him in the system to do something because twice he's had to vote on forced vaccination and turn the tide of the vote. The second time was a lot easier because he's educating people. 
amongst all the county commissioners. He isn't educated because those are the ones he meets with. He is educating some of the congressmen. But so many of the congressmen in Oregon have been bought and paid for. I mean, it's clear they've been bought and paid for. They don't think they have. But they're in violation of, like I said, Article 2, Section 22. They know it. They know the governor, or I shouldn't say the governor, Kate Brown is in violation. They don't do anything about it because they're in violation. It's totally corrupt. Seventy percent are holding their offices illegally in violation of the Constitution. And all they did was plan how to change that so that the people did not know what they were choosing. And the reason the people did not know what they were choosing is because they're not sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. They're electing kings. They're electing Keynes and Lamechs and Pharaohs and Caesars to solve their problems for them. They're giving the choices to men who exercise authority to decide if they're going to get free education or they, oh, you, you may get free colleges now, but you're not going to be able to have homeschool. Biden wants to get rid of charter schools. He wants to force vaccinations. He wants to force uh, face masks everywhere. He wants to get your guns away from you. And you say, oh, he's not going to get my gun away from me. Evil doesn't care whether they get your gun away from you. Evil just wants you fighting. Wants you mad. Wants you acting from emotion. Wants you acting from anger. Doesn't want you acting and listening to the Holy Spirit. If you were listening to the Holy Spirit, you'd have seen this coming. And you'd be seeing what is coming next. There is a solution. And I'm not telling you on the radio. I'm telling you the way to find the solution. The destination in seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness is the journey. That's your destination. You have to start turning around your thinking and realize that if I don't go the way of Christ, I'm going to go the way of destruction. That's where you're at. You have to turn around and think differently. Stop thinking it's okay to force your neighbor to contribute to your welfare. It's not okay. Stop thinking that you have the right to take away the right to choose of your neighbor. If he wants to run for office, he gets to run for office. If he wants to go down to Washington, D.C. and demonstrate, he gets to go down to Washington, D.C. and demonstrate. If he wants to walk into the Capitol building when the police step aside and move the barricades and they're waved in, he can do it. He's stupid to do it. Because inside are waiting cameramen to take a picture of them with Buffalo Guy to say that they're a bunch of terrorists and insurrection people. They even, Schumer was even talking about invoking the 25th Amendment. It's a show. He's not going to, he can try to invoke the 25th Amendment. You need two-thirds of the House and the Senate in order to make it happen. You need two-thirds of the, I think you need half of the, of the, uh, cabinet. To invoke it. It's it's meant only like, you know, when Reagan got shot. And was he going to be incapacitated if he had a stroke or something like that? It's not because he got kicked off of Twitter. 
Wake up. We could tell you so much more, but I am not telling you everything on the radio. I won't even... And Christ was the same. They asked him, why, why do you only talk to them in parables? I'm talking to you in a lot more than parables. You know, I use my parables of the sheep and the scattered flock. But the the reality is I'm not going to tell you he says it's because it's given unto you to know but it's not given unto them to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God now I've hinted about it I've written about it but I'm not going to make it easy for the enemy and I'm I'm warned not to tell you everything but if you're not doing what Christ said you can guarantee because history is repeating itself You're seeing the decline and fall of the Roman Empire. But you don't know what the early church was doing. And some of you are beginning to find it out. So you should join the network. As long as we have it. The email network. And the only reason you're joining the email network is so that you can gather together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands not dependent upon email. Like I said... All the ministers should have all the phone numbers of all the people and the cell phone numbers of their kids and and their next door neighbors and everybody so they can communicate. And then you should come to the festivals and to the meetings. Sometimes you'll have to drive a long way because we're such a scattered in numbers. But there's all kinds of people in between. We're not dictating. We're not saying you can't go to your Baptist church or your Lutheran church or your Methodist church or your Catholic church. We're not. We're just those. All those churches should be teaching you to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands too, to form that network. Because what are you going to do when they're going to force your children to get a vaccine? Where are you going to take them? I'm not going to tell you what your alternatives are. First, you have to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's what Christ did. He says, first they got to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Then we'll take them to the next level. It, it's the same way that the French underground organized themselves after the Nazi invasion. The tens, hundreds, and thousands. That's the way they organized the French underground. It's the way the early Americans were organized during the American Revolution. Tens, hundreds, and thousands. And I have to say that it's for the peace of Christ that we do that. But Christ did tell all those men, if you don't have a sword, you better go buy one. Even if you have to sell your coat. So anyway, the uh, as soon as the phones went back in during this demonstration, the lady says she got dozens of texts, texts asking if she was safe and okay. She had no idea that people were asking uh, her these things because she, where she was, everything was calm and civil and safe. But there were a couple of Jacobites running into the state capitol. And you had no control over it, no communication, because you were ill-prepared. You were not as wise as the serpent, who was much more clever than you. But the reality is, is if for the last ten years everybody had been organizing the tens, hundreds, and thousands, you'd have been well prepared. And you would have the talent of wise men to show you what you could do and what you shouldn't do. And you probably could have stopped this, but now it's done. 
So what are you going to do in the future? What are you going to do next time? So somebody asked me, how does one reconcile saving uh, for their family's future and emergency funds versus charity? Times and employment are so uncertain and those of us employed have no, have to consider we may soon not be employed. Well, what was it I was reading you earlier about uh, being living sacrifices? Not conform to the world, but be transformed by a renewing of your mind. See, you have to care about your neighbor as much as you care about yourself. This this is a, a critical part of seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. For, you know, it goes on to say, For I say, through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and Every one members one of another, having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, or he that exhorts an exhortation. There's, there's a role for all of us. But he's talking about people who have come together in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and become the entire social network and social welfare for tens upon tens upon tens of thousands of Christians reaching all over the Roman Empire and beyond. He's not talking to you guys who have been eating at the table of Caesar Consuming things sacrificed to idols. Again, remember those idols in those, those temples are all the government buildings. You're getting free education. I, I was explaining this to somebody who was fighting to open roads. Is that I don't really want to spend a lot of time with people that have not repented and are not seeking the kingdom of God. They're still sending their kids to public school. They're still got their parents being taken care of by social security. I'm not, I know you're not going to be able to go back that way. We have lots of people in the network that are even on social security. But they're renewing their mind. They're thinking differently. They're realizing that this is putting them into bondage and they want to go the other way. Then they share a few bucks that they can afford because I mean that sometimes they find themselves destitute almost. But what was the the widow's might? She gave a penny. And Christ counted it as huge blessing. Because she gave. She sacrificed for others. And there's always room for you to sacrifice for somebody. We're not saying send it to me. We're saying sit down in the tens, hundreds and thousands. And share just with those. And then, of course, your minister, since he's ministering 
to you, to connect you to hundreds and thousands of people all over the country and all over the world. That's his job. His job is not to tell you what to think and tell you what you can say and can't say. That's You want that, go to Facebook. They will tell you what you can think and what you can say and what you can't say. But that isn't, we're not that kind of network. You get to make choices, you get to ask questions, you get to ponder things. But what you have to do is care about others as much as you care about yourself. You have to extend the right of choice to others as much as you want that right to choose for yourself. Now, of course, there are limits and lines that we draw that, no, you can't do that. I mean, it's against the Ten Commandments. But we know that you may have to struggle and strive. He goes on to say, let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil. Cleave to that which is good. Be kindly affection one to another with brotherly love and honor preferring one another. Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, and serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to hospitality. Bless them which persecute you. Bless and curse not. I didn't... I saw some of the angry faces in there, and of course, I don't know whether I was looking at an Antifa disguised as a Trump guy or a guy who's Trump or if he was Proud Boys or what, but there were some angry faces. There was no two ways about it. These were not Christians. I mean, there might have been a few Christians or, or wannabe Christians in the mix, but they, they, Real Christians would not be so easily fooled into playing into the hands of the media and the the Democrats who want to bring more chaos. Remember, these those same guys were saying, you know, rioting is just an expression. Looting is just they're just trying to feed their families. Burning down businesses is is just you know an expression. Of their frustration. Nobody was throwing Molotov cocktails all night long at the White House like we saw at the courthouse in Portland. Nobody was out there trying to blind the officers protecting the property with uh, laser lights like they did in Antifa and Black Lives Matter. They weren't doing that. And some people say, oh, if Black Lives Matter did what they did, it would be a different story. Actually, if you had any kind of a memory at all, Black Lives Matter did do. They did storm the Capitol, and nobody shot them. As a matter of fact, they they were treated better in many ways. No, it's they're just spewing hate and resentment. We have to pray for them. But your prayers aren't going to be heard until you repent and seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. God said this. Samuel 8. 
You're familiar with Samuel 8, right? When people wanted to have a ruler. And this is what this whole fight is about. They didn't get the ruler they wanted. They wanted they wanted Trump to be their king, their commander-in-chief. And Samuel 8, they wanted Saul to be their commander-in-chief. That's what they were up to. So, what did they say in Samuel 8? <laughs> Do you remember? And it came to pass when Samuel was old that he made his sons judges over Israel. Well, that was because they were Levites. And so they were judges over Israel. But they weren't judges in the sense of what they, they were a part of the appeals court. And if you go read our article on, on uh, cities of refuge, and you'll find out what that was all about. But anyway, they wanted to have this king. And Samuel told all these words of them wanting to have a king unto the Lord and prayed about it of them asking for a king. And God said, give him a king. You want to have Trump for a president? You want to have a president who can exercise authority? God will give you that. And you've got it. You just didn't get the one you wanted. And you didn't get the one you wanted because you're slothful in the ways of God. And now those who got the one they wanted, they think that, oh, he will be so good, he's going to pay for our education and all this stuff. But what actually will happen? This will be the manner of king that shall reign over you. He will take your sons and appoint them for himself and for his chariots and to be his horsemen. And some shall run before the chariots, which means they're going to be put in harm's way. If you trip when you're running in front of a chariot, you're going to die because the chariot's going to run over you. And he will appoint him captains over thousands and captains over fifties. They're already picking his cabinet. It's crazy stuff. But of course, a lot of people won't recognize it as crazy stuff because they're farther away from the truth. Farther away from the righteousness of God. But they, they'll have their captains of thousands and the captains over fifties. But, so they'll organize the people in that same rank, but not from the bottom up, from the top down. And he'll set them to ear his ground and to reap his harvest. They want to do away with private property. Literally, you've already done that with legal title. But they're just, what they're doing is just consummating your fornication with the governments of the world that you've been looking to to provide you with everything you wanted. He will take your daughters to be his confectionaries and to be his cooks and to be his bakers. That, to be, they're not going to belong to the family anymore. They're going to belong to the government. He will take your fields. He will take your vineyards and your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. And he will take the tenth of your seed of the vineyards. And he will take and take and take and take. And when you cry out, he will not hear you. If you repent, seek the kingdom of God and his righteousness, God might start hearing you again. Well, welcome to Keys of the Kingdom.
We talked uh, this morning a great deal about, um, you know, the governments of the world and what was going on. And I've heard a number of times, I just want to add a few notes to the two-hour show we put out this morning. We will put them all out eventually on uh, our network. We have our own network, uh, which is an email network, but we also have a newsletter. But we also have the living network, which is really important. And one of the top things that I was saying this morning is the fact that there is a purge going on on Facebook where at, in one group alone, a half a million people were purged off of Facebook simply because they belong to a, a movement, well, the walkaway movement. From what I understand from one of the workers in the walkaway movement, not only were their private Facebook accounts removed, but the, you know, the main group itself was removed, which amounts to about 500,000 people. And uh, also, uh, the the one of the, the lady who was speaking was the, one of the early people in this who had written something, and she just been, she'd actually been somewhat of a Democrat, and it's the walk-away movement, walk away from the Democratic Party and some of these ideas that people have accepted over the years. And she just had this twinge of conscience and wrote this thing and became rather famous. And so, uh, but she was only on the internet originally because of the fact that she was a knitter. She knitted. And she was on a group with a bunch of other knitters. Uh, but then when she got involved with the walkaway movement, then she also is a part of that movement. And being a part of that movement, uh, her knitters, <laughs> which are not a part of that movement, they were also expunged from the Internet. I thought that, now, they, they may come back, you know, when they figure out what was going on and everything. But this is this is the spirit of the purge. And I use the word purge specifically, is that they, you know, when we have Facebook jail, is not real jail, it's Facebook jail. But now this Facebook purge, and this also goes to other media uh, it removes you entirely so that you're dead to the world. I mean, you disappear. It's like you you fell off the earth. It's kind of like what they did to Snowden. I just was listening to the interview uh, of Snowden by uh, John Stossel. And, you know, I've kind of followed Snowden. And Snowden really didn't, he didn't get anybody killed. He, he actually, you know, he didn't really violate his oath. Because he has an oath to uphold the Constitution and the laws of the United States. And... You can't give a guy an oath to break that oath if they want to break the and violate the Constitution of, you know, the United States. They're supposed to be keeping it. And then he showed in the Stossel report where guys were being asked by Congress, open session, they could be asked, they could say, well, I have to answer those questions in closed session because this is top secret information. But instead, they lied and said, no, we're not collecting data on everybody. Uh, none of that is going on, etc. And they actually are collecting data on everybody. And they were just bold-faced lying. Not just one guy, but numerous guys were lying about it to Congress. And so Congress didn't know that some of this was going on. I'm sure some people in Congress did know it was going on. But it was a violation of the law. These people have to be held accountable to the laws, to the rules. I mean, if you join the club... You pay the pay the price of obeying the rules of the club. 
that, that's just the way it is. You know, if you buy some equipment, you follow the instructions on how to put it together, how to run it. If you vary from the instructions, you void the warranty. So, there were actual rules. And uh, he was being asked to violate those rules, violate his oath to keep the Constitution of the United States. And uh, so anyway, and so he, all he did was notify that activity was going on that violates the law. He didn't say, you know, he didn't out uh, spies and get people killed. He didn't send, you know, none of the information he released was secret to the Soviet Union. Soviet Union knew all about this. Uh, it wasn't secret to the Chinese. They know all about this. I'm, I'm sure they have spies working in the same agencies. But they tried to silence Snowden by keeping, you know, revoking his passport so he can't get out of the Soviet Union. He wants to go. He, there are countries now that will accept him for asylum. But they revoked his passport so there's no good way to fly to where he needs to go to be in other countries. But he is a total patriot, total honest guy, was overburdened by the fact that they were trying to make him say just follow orders and following orders was violating the law. This this guy is not a boxcar loader. A lot of the people out there today will do whatever you tell them they they have no conscience about violating their oath of office. Seventy percent of the people holding office in the state of Oregon, and I'm being generous here, is probably closer to eighty percent, are in total violation of the law and are criminals. They are felons because they're in violation of the law. And it would take about three minutes to prove that they are uh, easily by their own records. You know, I have to get three minutes with each one and I have to have fast internet because we'll just look up what they have been taking in in their campaign and we'll find out that they're in violation of the law. Now, what they did instead of correct this was went behind the people's back and presented a bill, 107, and uh, got the people to vote on it, making it look like disguised it like it was campaign reform when actually it was going to allow them to take open bribes, which is why the law was originally put in place by the people because your congressmen were taking open bribes of hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars. And they were calling it campaign finance. But it goes into an account and they've arranged the law over the years. So all the money in their campaign account is theirs tax-free. And uh, they can borrow against it, uh, and uh, they have to pay no taxes, and they can buy million-dollar businesses, and uh, you can you can write them a check for two hundred fifty thousand dollars, and they'll vote the way you want. It just goes into the campaign thing. Of course, you're getting people from outside the country and outside the state uh, writing these checks and buying the votes and buying the cooperation of Congress and the governor's office. And it's openly, you can look it up. Anybody can look it up and see, oh my gosh, George Soros just sent Kate Brown $250,000 for a campaign and she's not even running for office. And that goes into her campaign fund and sits there and she can use it whenever she wants. And it's not the only time he sent her money. And he's not the only one who sends her money. 
millions and millions and millions of dollars she gets. They're buying your politicians right out in the open. It's just a matter of, you can Google it <laughs> and find out. I mean, it's they're not going to say this is a bribe. No, they're going to show you the amount where it came from. And they get away with that because the people are apathetic. Uh, some of the people are flat out pathetic. But uh, they're, they're, this is all happening for, you know, if you trace it back, well, this happened because this happened, this happened because this happened. Eventually you get back, well, this, none of this would be happening if we actually did what Christ said 2,000 years ago. If all the people who are going to church were actually doing what Christ said to do, none of this would be happening. But they're not doing what Christ said to do. And they don't even know what Christ said to do because they're under a strong delusion. Because they're under a strong... They've accepted a lie. People have crept into the the teachings of uh, of churches. You know, all the churches. Baptists, Catholics, uh, Lutherans. But now that I named a few, I have to run through a bunch of them so you don't think I'm picking on uh, one group. I mean, the Catholics said they were first, so yeah, well, and the creeping started at least 300 years ago. I mean, not 300 years ago, excuse me, 300 A.D. with Constantine. But now it's just way out of control, and we're so far away from the gospel of the kingdom that it's it's almost unrecognizable when we start explaining the gospel of the kingdom. I was at a Bible study the other day with just a couple of families, Uh and, uh, you know, I was saying, when I, I'm not telling you what to believe or what to think. I'm just putting pieces on the puzzle that other churches never want to bring up. And these pieces of the puzzle, it's kind of like me coming to your house and dropping a 50,000 piece puzzle on your coffee table and say, okay, let's put these pieces together. Okay, well... It, that's a little overwhelming. 50,000 piece puzzle. I don't even, you know, I, I, I fiddle with a puzzle like that over at somebody else's house like once a year. <laughs> and, uh, I, I'm not big for putting in those kind of puzzles, but I have been fascinated with the puzzle as to what the gospel is. And it's really very simple. The, the big picture is really very simple. And anything that doesn't fit in that bigger picture is not part of the puzzle. And the, 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 the picture of the gospel of the kingdom is that everybody cares about their neighbor as much as they care about themselves. And everybody wants to do what creates and expands and uh, nurtures life. Because that's, that's what God... Loving God requires that you love to give life to other things. Because that's one thing God really likes to do. Is give life. Create life. And also create choice. He gave us choices. To make. He gave us free will. We, we don't have a free will about everything. I mean, you, you know, if you choose to jump off a building, you, you can deny gravity all the way down, but you're still gonna hit the sidewalk, uh, you know, depending on if there is a sidewalk, but you're gonna hit the ground. You're going down. Because you jumped off the building. So you have a choice as to jumping off the building, but you cannot deny gravity. Well, actually I was, I was gonna, go pull up something because I was going to just briefly touch on it. What I really want to do is talk about some of the things that I did not get to talking about 
where I, I are a little bit more fundamental and I wanted to get to uh, in this morning's program because they'll both be released together on the network and they'll both probably end up on a web page and they'll both probably uh, have something uh, to do with each other because they're complementary so that you're kind of following a line of thinking and of course I was talking about the invasion of the capital by these people this morning and it's very clear that some of the people that invaded all the way into the capital uh building and stood up there like the guy with a big uh, buffalo hat on and, and the guy standing next to him in a yellow what might be uh, it shouldn't be that color but it could be dyed but it might be buckskin I've made a lot of buckskin in my life and it didn't quite look like it but it's hard to tell he, I just have these little photographs but those two guys are clearly not Trump supporters and uh, if you if you know who they are, and we do know who they are, they are not Trump supporters. And there was clear evidence, I mean, it's on video, of buses coming up with guys dressed like Trump supporters who immediately went and got into the state capitol. And it's very clear that some groups were just let in. Barricades removed, people were called in, and they just walked right through and... They got in there. This They weren't storming the castle, so to speak. They were let in. Now, it is also true that other guys came in. Now, what I wanted to bring up that one more time is because I just heard uh, Z-Dog, doctor, uh, who I listen to once in a while. He's wrong about a lot of things, but he is a pretty smart guy and he is right about some things. But I like to listen to both sides. I'm not one of these people who want to muffle people and not let them speak. But uh, he was saying that the president was inciting his followers to do this. Well, that doesn't make any sense because there was at least 300,000 people outside that weren't doing this, actually spoke against it immediately, tried to stop it in several places. They were absolutely, I mean, they were actually standing there talking to the police when people were somewhere else pushing by the police. They were against it. The police actually reduced their numbers from what they could have been. And one rationale, people are asking why they did that. And of course the conspiracy is, is that this was a plan they wanted, they, you know, the Democrats wanted this to happen. This benefited their agenda hugely, which is why they're calling for ridiculous things like uh, the 25th Amendment, which they're not going to get. But, uh, the reality is, is this, this did nothing but damage that, that the moving into there, into the building did nothing but damage the position of the hundreds of thousands, even millions of people that think that the election was stolen and they think that nobody is listening to their voice. And now with this new people who are getting in, anybody who thinks that the election was not tampered with or not dealing with reality. It's very clear it was tampered. Was it tampered enough to change it? I, I can't say. I think so. But this is why you have courts. You know, like when I first saw George Floyd, I looked at George Floyd, the videos that were available, and some videos appeared very early on. See, I've arrested people on those very streets in Hennepin. I worked there with a badge and a gun. And I have arrested people, black people actually even, on those very streets. So I was interested. I have a nephew who's a cop, was a cop. He's actually resigned since all this taken out. Uh, he was a cop in Minneapolis. 
in Metropolitan Minneapolis. I'm not sure exactly what part he was a cop in, but he's moved out to a smaller town now, and he's happier where he is. But, uh, so I was very interested, and so I was watching every video I could get. Well, there were some videos that I saw early on of him trying, them trying to load him into a car, and they disappeared. They were trying to load him in the police car, and those videos disappeared because he was clearly resisting. Well, now lots of videos have come out, and it's very clear that George Floyd killed himself by swallowing drugs that were in his mouth when he was arrested. And he's done this before. We, we have him on video doing it at another time. But this time, it did exactly what that drug is likely to do. It caused him to feel short of breath. He wanted to lay down on the sidewalk. He asked to lay down on the sidewalk. That's on video too. They didn't throw him to the sidewalk. He, they, they were trying to get him to sit in the car and they would take him in for the crime that he committed. And then somebody else would deal with it. But he didn't, he wouldn't get in the car. He fought the, all four guys and would not get into the car. And finally he said, I'm going to lay down. And so he laid down and so they stayed there with him. And nobody, there was no bruising in his neck. There was no pressure on his neck. He laid down because he chose to lay down and he stopped breathing because he took fentanyl. Too much fentanyl. Swallowed the tablet. You're just supposed to suck on it, evidently. I'm not a big one for taking it, but I've read a lot about it. <laughs> but I immediately I went and read the coroner's report, which was available, but nobody wanted to look at that. The news media doesn't look at it because they had an agenda. They wanted to create riots. But when they did that, the riots were good. They were expressions of frustration. They were expression of ill treatment and abuse and neglect or whatever. So it's okay to break into Target and steal everything and Macy's and steal everything and firebomb car dealerships and beat up old people in the streets and, and rob and, and try to burn down courthouses with Molotov cocktails and, uh, and try to blind police officers protecting those buildings from this murder and mayhem that was and when we're pointing out that this is being done by Antifa, which is claiming it, we get congressmen saying Antifa is a myth. It's like they they don't even come up with good lies. But the reality is, is that now all of a sudden, because some people walked past barricades that were moved. Now, I admit some barricades were pushed over and some people broke windows and stuff. But some people were just invited in and you can see on the video the cops standing back and just letting them walk in. And they're actually surprised that they're getting let in because they're, along with the Antifa people or whoever they are, they're professional uh, protesters. A Buffalo guy is a good example because he's all over the place, been around for a long time. But, uh, of course, he looks like a wacko. And, of course, they want him up shirtless with his buffalo hat on right up there and say, look at the crazy Trump supporters. All the Trump supporters are outside. You know, most all of them are outside. Hundreds of thousands of them are outside doing nothing but being nice and singing songs and talking with one another and visiting and stuff like that and showing that they are disappointed in the way that they're investigating this election. And I'm disappointed in it, and I didn't even vote. I don't vote because my kingdom's not of that world. I'm a part of the church. Now the big long story. And uh, and if you want to know more about it, come to our website, listen to our audios. They're all free. Read our books. They're all free online. You can download them online. 
But anyway, the point is, is that now, oh, all those people out there who are peacefully protesting, really peacefully protesting, around that pond there in uh, that park, uh, Ellipse Park, they're all terrorists now. Hundreds of thousands of people are being purged off of Facebook. Millions of millions of people are not allowed to hear from the president because supposedly he caused all this by rabble-rousing. He did not rabble-rouse. All those people didn't get rabble-roused by what he said. The people who got angry were already angry. Uh, the, the people who call themselves Trump supporters, who did bust in, and there are some who did bust in, they're under the delusion that they're Trump supporters. Trump didn't want anybody to bust in. He was very disappointed that they did that. He did not rabble-rouse them. They're protesting because they think the election was a fraud. That there was dead people voting, and there was. There was manipulation of the vote. You can look at the evidence. There clearly was. It's not yet in a court of law, just like with Joe. I withheld my judgment of George Floyd until more evidence came out. It really needs to go into an unbiased court of law and be, the evidence be examined and weighed. And that's the same thing with the election. But for some reason, the Democrats are blocking this and avoiding it. And there is corruption in the courts. Well, I've known that and written letters about it for years and articles about it for years. Not everybody in courts are corrupt, but it is there. Uh, Oregon Supreme Court has been very corrupt throughout the years. I've, I've had DAs in my house telling me how corrupt they are, how they're on the take, and how they're taking money. And... And laughing about it. Uh, this first-hand information, right from the people there present when they were doing these things. But there are good people out there, too. And what we have to do is the good people have to start coming together. And they cannot depend upon Facebook. And they cannot depend upon, you know, their love of the Constitution. Or they have to... Because we are against a serious, serious foe. Now, what I really want to get into in this show, and I'm using up a lot of time, kind of rehashing some of the stuff, and we went through a lot of stuff this morning. But how does the evil behind all this, the spiritual evil behind all this, and I'm actually looking at somebody's name right now, who I've met, who is somebody holding high political office in the United States. And when I met him, he was trembling. He, w- he was shaking. He was trying to figure out how to run from the door, but he couldn't even move his feet. He is courting evil. Evil is whispering in his ear. He cannot see the truth. He is almost possessed. He is certainly, certainly preoccupied by evil. I mean, on a metaphysical level. I'll mention his name before I'm done here. But um, what they want to do is see they're not in touch with the truth and the reality. And this is what you see on a lot of the people on the Democratic side. A lot of the I hate Trumpers. They they can't see. No matter how much you people say, oh, they don't. They're not don't care about facts. Well, the tr- truth is, a lot of the people who say that the left does not care about facts, they don't care about 
all the facts either. They care about the facts they're willing to accept. It supports their view. And I, I actually am leaning more towards their view because a lot of times a lot of their view is better than what you see over there in the really, really, really delusional crowd. But they themselves are deluded. And you can go around pointing out how the Democrats are deluded and the Democrats are lying and if they didn't have, if, if the Democrats didn't have a double standard, they'd have no standard at all and, you know, joke about that and, the, and some of the most unreasonable, I mean, like Schumer pulling out the 25th Amendment. That is such a joke. That is just grandstanding. But of course they did all that with the impeachment and all this kind of stuff and now all of a sudden the, the little, nobody was throwing Molotov cocktails in <laughs> in uh, in the the Capitol building, and even if they did, it the the three hundred thousand out there <laughs> or whatever number it was, the hundreds of thousands at least. Some people estimate it was way more than three hundred thousand, but they weren't doing that. They weren't attacking anything. They weren't destroying barriers, but. Uh, now they're all terrorists, and they're all crazy Trump supporters. Did you see that guy with the buffalo hat on? That guy's crazy Trump supporter. No, he isn't. <laughs> that was he was a put-up job. Now he's kind of a professional. I don't know if Democrats paid him, but somebody told him to open, move those barriers. You see him moving the barriers, letting these people in. You see the guards standing there, just letting them walk by, not even trying to stop them. You even see, hear the people saying like. Should we go in? <laughs> How do we know that they're not, they're, this is not a trap? I mean, like, they didn't, they didn't even know they were going to get in the building. They just opened up the doors and there was a guy waving them to come in. And, and they, and he was from inside. He had no coat. He came out of the building and were calling these people in. And some of those people had just gotten off this, these buses that came up, which we have them filmed. Now, who's going to investigate this and find out who all these guys are? Well, now it's going to be the Democrats controlling who's going to investigate. It's kind of like Hillary when uh, that uh, fellow was found dead out in the park uh, who just had rug fibers all over his clothing. And he's found out under a tree in the park. He's lost all kinds of blood, but there's no blood in the park. And he recently had intercourse with somebody. And he's found out in the park. And so evidently he shot himself out in the park. He must have been rolling around on the carpet or in a carpet before he got out to the park. And of course the camera in the park was broken. So you don't see who and how he got there. You just know there he is. And of course who is doing heading up the investigation in his office? Hillary Clinton. Makes the police stay outside while she goes through everything in the... (laughs) It's just crazy. But anyway, another side story. So what this is all about is to make you afraid. To create confusion. To create animosity. To create fear. To create anger. Because fear and anger are the same things. You hear me say this all the time. A lot of people don't really get that. It's fight or flight. It's the same exact thing. It's just the opposite side of the same coin. But when you're afraid, when you're angry, when you're judgmental, when you're hateful, you're giving power to evil. 
that is influencing people in the world. I'm talking about, you know, demonic evil. Now, I don't talk about this stuff all the time. And people are going to say, oh, he's, he's, he thinks the demons are real. <laughs> well, yeah, they are. <laughs> They're as real as demons get. And But the fact is they only have power if you give them power. And if you get angry, if you get judgmental, if you get afraid, you're giving them power. If you get still and you get calm and you get humble and you get forgiving, then do you get power? No, you actually don't get power. That doesn't get you power either. But you may end up with the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And I, I could tell you stories that make your hair curl. And I'm not going to do it because you, you won't believe me anyway if you don't want to believe me. If you do want to believe me, why do you need the story? <laughs> the fact is, I want you to receive the Holy Spirit. I can't give it to you. You have to repent. You have to start thinking a different way. And what the deal is, is if you want your right to choose back, you have to give other people the right to choose. Facebook doesn't want you to have the right to choose to say stuff. They don't want you to have the right to choose to hear stuff. So they ban the president from Facebook. They ban the president from Twitter. They ban the president of the United States while he's still in office. Only a few more days. Because what? Because he talks like uh, Senator Waters who was saying, you get in their face. You make them know that they're not welcome. You get a crowd around them and you drive them out. Or you find them in a restaurant. I mean, she has a whole speech up. They didn't ban her. <laughs> and that kind of rhetoric, and there's been lots of it from the left, got people from the left going out and shooting congressmen at a ballpark. This is, but they didn't get censured by Twitter and <laughs> Facebook. You can still see those videos up of them. You know, telling people, to, and now they're talking about prosecuting everybody who voted for Trump. I mean, like, that's going to be a lot of fun. Um, that they, they are trying to create fear. They're totally irrational, unreasonable. But the reason they are gaining power is because the Republicans are not filled with the Holy Spirit, including Pence. Pence is not filled with the Holy Spirit. Might be a nice guy, might have some serious problems. That we don't even know about. I mean, I've heard the accusations. I'm not even going to repeat them. But I can tell you that he's not filled with the Holy Spirit. But anyway, just you know, a little bit before uh, I ended up scheduling this program to come on, somebody sent me a document. I tried to find out from him where he got the document. I'm, I'm guessing that it was a church that originally wrote it. But they're writing about... The Equality Act of 2019, which they have tried to bring this in numerous times and numerous ways. And sometimes they get bits and pieces of it in. But they're bringing more in. And basically, and this is really not about the Equality Act. But the Equality Act is, is a comprehensive bill in Congress that would add sexual orientation and gender identity to a range of federal non-discrimination laws. It has been introduced multiple prior terms in uh, the 116th Congress and was introduced into H.R. 5 by Representative uh, 
I, you know, I'm not sure how to pronounce this name. Cialine, uh, Cialine, uh, who's a Democrat from Rhode Island. And, uh, also, uh, as S788 by Senator Jeff Merkley, who's a Democrat from Oregon, who I have met. And, uh, the reality is they don't know what they're doing. They just do what they're paid to do. They just do, you know, they, they may believe in the, the bill, but they they don't understand how things work. They're under a strong delusion already. Now I don't know about the Rhode Island because I haven't met that individual. Don't know who they are, but I'll lay you odds if I was a betting man that they're just as delusional as anybody else. But uh, what does this do? The, the Equality Act would add categories of sexual orientation and gender identity to the definition of sex and add sex where it is not already present in the Civil Rights Act of 1964. So they're taking the intentions of 1964 Act, Civil Rights Act, and they're modifying it to bring in all kinds of things that are going to now refer to uh, it's going to expand the definition of public accommodations from restaurants, hotels, theaters, and nearly every consumer service or place of commerce gathering or charity, notably including health care, you know, also expressly available in uh, restrooms, locker rooms, uh, dressing rooms of persons according to their gender identity rather than their natural sex. Well, what they're talking about is the people, you know, they they mention LGBT down here, but the reality is what they're talking about, people who have gender dysphoria. They are male or they are female biologically. And that's just about everybody. There are a few exceptions where some things go wrong and there's kind of a mix of male and female in an individual. But that's extremely rare and not complete. It, but it does cause a certain amount of difficulty. And I've, I've, I've listened to people who, you know, I deal with a lot of different people who, who, you know, one individual who had that problem. And they couldn't decide whether they were male or female. And now they've just decided that they are who they are. And it's not about male or female, but they also, you know, they're, they're not going to have children and all this stuff because there's some serious physical problems there. But they've come to peace with it and they, they're not trying to dress in the other sex's <laughs> locker room or compete against them in sports. But this, what this is, is it's taking the dysphoria of the people who are not comfortable with their natural sex and want to think, you know, some guy who wants to think he's a girl and some girl who wants to think she's a guy. And they're actually being seduced into doing hormone replacements and uh, and surgery and all these things. Almost a huge percentage of the people who go out and get the surgery end up suicidal. Far more end up suicidal than the reverse. And why? Because they think this will make them happy. And when it doesn't, then they fall into depression and despair. Because what they have is a dysphoria, a confusion about the gender that they are. And I sympathize with that. Uh, You know, I mean, I'm not going to condemn somebody because they're dizzy. I'm not going to condemn somebody because they're confused. 
uh, I'm not going to condemn somebody because they have a dysphoria about reality. But I can't cure them about it either. But I know what the cure is. Because it tells you in the Bible that people who have this dysphoria are given over to it. They really are given. It's not just a choice. There's a choice somewhere, but it's not. They didn't choose to have the dysphoria. They chose something else and the dysphoria came about because of it. And and sometimes the something else they choose is not entirely their fault. It's because of outside influences from other people. But there's a cure for that too. And I'm not going to go into it because that's not what this show is about. But what they're doing with this bill is they're taking their dysphoria, their confusion, and they're making you a part of it. There, you can't speak the truth. You now have to go along with their delusion and actually support their delusion. And if you even try to help them, you will be held accountable or you will be in trouble with them. And so you don't want that. So anyway, the, the bill goes on. I don't know how much time. I guess we've got a little bit of time here where I can go into some more of it. Let's see. I just moved that. Where did I go with that? It goes on and it says, uh, uh, who are the people that the Equality Act is uh, designated to help? It's supposedly helping the LGBT um, community. It's not a community. Um, whatever it is, it's a group. Uh, to protect against discrimination in a range of public and professional settings. And, of course, you cannot legislate morality. You cannot legislate niceness. But one of the things that it says in here, the Equality Act explicitly exempts itself from the requirements and protections of the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. So they're voiding the protections in the Religious Freedom Restoration Act of 1993. That would be unprecedented as no federal law has ever done so before. It is, and it demonstrates the Equality Act's radical denial of tolerance to people of faith who do not agree with the government's view of sexuality as established by the act. See, the very act that they're talking about of equality, you get to decide that you're a girl even though you are biologically a male. You get to decide you're a girl and I am going to be compelled to treat you as a girl because You identify as a girl. I don't get the right to choose to not go along with your delusion or your dysphoria. We can call it dysphoria because that's a little bit more polite term. Dysphoria, you're a little bit confused. You, you, you're, and I admit your emotions, uh, that you think that you're a girl. You feel that you're a girl. You feel like you identify with being a girl even though you're a guy. I get it. But I don't have to go along with that delusion. I don't have to pick on you and, you know, throw rocks at you or anything. But I don't have to, I don't have to cater to your delusion. That, that could be bad to cater to your delusion. It could be, if it's done with love, not catering to your delusion may be helpful to you so that you can come to peace 
with that delusion because you want or that dysphoria again we'll call it dysphoria you come to peace with it so that you're not so filled with resentment towards people who don't recognize that you're a girl when you're actually a guy because if you start resenting them that will just compound your feelings it will dig you in to thinking a particular way this is what we see with people all the time is that you know, at the mask, whole mask mandate. People wear the mask. They feel guilty about wearing the mask because it seems a little silty, silly at first. So they have to justify it and they say, well, I'm saving lives by wearing the mask. And of course, somebody else doesn't wear the mask because they have the courage to say, you know, this is ridiculous. The masks aren't going to stop the virus. And it isn't. Science, if you're going to follow the science, you have to admit, it's not going to stop the virus. It might slow it down somewhere, but it's still going to be around, and it's just prolonging herd immunity. It's just like they think that, oh, we're now going to take the vaccine, and that will save us. No. The vaccine admits. I mean, the people who made the vaccine admit they don't think, they don't know for sure, but they don't think that it will stop you from getting the virus. What it may do is allow you to be an asymptomatic carrier of the virus. Because it's not gonna, it's not gonna stop the virus. What it's, it's, and it doesn't do anything to even hurt the virus. What it does is it stimulates your body, supposedly, this is the theory that they want to happen, stimulate your body to have an immune response so that your body is prepared to fight off the virus when the virus comes. The vaccine doesn't fight off the virus. It's your immune system that is key. Problem is, is they may be tampering with your immune system because they're invoking in you where they're tricking your cells, certain cells in your muscles, uh, dendritic cells, to, they're provoking them to replicate the, this RNA antigen. And this RNA is an actually mRNA antigen. I said this this morning, but sometimes you have to tell people over and over again. This is a patented, genetically modified organism. And they're going to get your body to start replicating it like a little manufacturing uh, cell in your body is going to start manufacturing mRNA synthetic antigens. And then when they manufacture, replicate enough of those your body may be stimulated to an immune response within the first couple of weeks. And then they want to give you another shot and do this again. Uh, either three weeks or four weeks later, depending on what shot you get. But your body is now reproducing genetically modified, patented organisms in your body. You're replicating them. You're reproducing them. And China owns the patent. <laughs> so, now, if you're a student of the law, that creates a strange <laughs> relationship uh, with uh, China because you're now oper- reproducing in your body genetically modified <laughs> organisms that belong to China and they have say-so over those <laughs> So, I mean, I don't want to get into the conspiracy thing. I don't think you should take it because they admit. I mean, even the, this uh, Z-Dog 
MD. I think you look him up. Z, dog with two Gs. But he was talking about it. I didn't get to listen to the whole video. But he starts off saying, well, we don't know about that because they didn't do testings on that. We don't know if it does this. We don't know if it's going to stop the virus. You may still be able to get the virus and still be able to spread the virus to other people. But you ought to get it because it might save your life. Well, I know it's not going to save the life of the first 200 people that get the shot. Because only one in 200 even die. <laughs> virus. If, if it's 99.9% survival rate, only one tiny little percent at that rate right there. I mean, some people, in some age groups, it might be 995 or 99.2, depending on what age group you divide people up into. But the reality is it takes hundreds of people will get this and not get sick at all. Yet you're going, so in other words, you're going to give this shot to millions upon millions upon millions of people that are all going to be replicating an unknown antigen that we don't know the side effects of because they never did any animal tests. Because somebody might die with this. And they say, well, 300,000 people have already died. Not from it, with it. They were 90 years old. They were gunshot wounds. They were in a motorcycle accident. That All kinds of other causes of death. Only a tiny little percent of that 300,000 actually might have died from COVID. They still might have died from other things. And we know, I mean, like, how many people are dying in regular tropical Africa from coronavirus? Where they don't have hand sanitizers everywhere and everybody's not wearing a mask. They're not dying from it. You know what they're doing in those, a lot of those countries? They're taking hydrochloroquine <laughs> twice a month. <laughs> I think the dose is like once every two weeks. Everybody's taking it because they take it for malaria to avoid malaria. And so, that's why hydrochloroquine works and ivermectin works and lots of other things work. But anyway, so there's an agenda here. And the agenda is hate and confusion and fear and acting upon things you know is not true. A lot of people knew this mask isn't going to stop a virus because the new viruses are way smaller than the weave of these masks. Even, a, you know, a... a Top quality respirator mask can't necessarily stop the virus, might slow it down. These cloth masks, they're not stopping it. But they got you, and now they're gonna evidently make mandates everywhere. And if you don't wear the mask, you can be arrested and fined. In some countries, they're fining people thousands of dollars. You cross state lines without your certificate, you may go to jail. They're emptying out jails in Oregon. They're going to empty two major jails out in Oregon. They're scheduled. Kate is having them emptied. And I know people right on the ground. I know people work in the jail. (laughs) Prison. And so they'll be empty. So we'll have a place to quarantine people. I've read the laws. They will quarantine you in suitable, approved, licensed locations. Well, there comes an interesting thing. Is that how do you get to be a licensed quarantine place? Well, I'm not going to even discuss that on the radio. <laughs> but I know. I know how you do it. And I know people who 
will help you do it. And you can become the asylum state from the regular quarantine places. And uh, so, but, you know, I'm not going to tell you that because it's not given unto you to know. It's only given unto those people who sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and create a network. And that was one of the key things I was saying this morning. That of all those thousands, hundreds of thousands of people who went to that rally in Washington, and, and I'll lay you odds that about 90% of them think they're Christians, but I'll bet you also that about 99% of them are not doing what Christ commanded. And I know some of the people that were there, and I know one of them in particular, who knows what Christ commanded, and he's not doing it. He's following this emotional political agenda. See, I mean, we know the left follows emotion and not reason. But you think the right is immune to that? No, they're not. And that if you sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and create a daily ministration to take care of people so that they do not have to go to the men who call themselves benefactors but exercise authority one over the other because Christ told you not to be like those people so we're supposed to be like the people who are the benefactors through charity, not through exercising authorities. If you would do that, you would open a door which is Christ so that the Holy Spirit will dwell in you. So that when you meet people like Merkley and the other people on the uh, Oregon Health Board or Authority, they call it Oregon Health Authority, or some judge, and I've, I've done this, I've seen this. You, you bring Holy Spirit in the room, you have control. The evil that they normally operate from that guides them in what they are doing. It's not total possession, but it's manipulation by evil. It's, it backs off. And they're all alone. And they begin to tremble and shake and become afraid. Not of me. I have no power over that. But they are afraid of the whole... Well, the reason they're shaking is because the thing that gives them power to control you is backed away because it's afraid of the Holy Spirit. It has no power over the Holy Spirit. If you think the Holy Spirit is emotionalism, they will eat you up when you're dragged before the vaccine court or the mass court. They will... They will... Be able to do whatever they want with you. Because you do not have on the full armor of God. If you want to have on the full armor of God, you got to do what God says. You need to sit down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands. You need to create a network that's not dependent upon Facebook. Not dependent upon emotional gatherings. You need to actually do what Christ was saying, what the early church was doing, because like in the days of Noah, you are going to be facing the same problems as the early church. Real persecution. When they burned Rome and blamed it on all the Christians, the the actual reports of the time saw big strong men who looked like centurions, as big as they used to get. They were usually only about five foot four. Maybe five foot seven was a big centurion. But they were out there grabbing people and throwing them back into the fire as they were trying to escape the fire. Yeah, it was a put up deal 
to distract because people were starting to question the robbery that was going on with the Caesar at that particular time. And, uh, and Nero was pilfering all the funds from the Roman treasury, hiding them away, secreting them away. And, and, you know, I've told the whole story or a lot of the story or what people believe to be a lot of the story behind that. And secreting these billion, literally what would be billions of dollars away, hiding it away. And uh, they were about finding him out, so he had to distract them. So he said, well, there are several reasons. This is the thing, is that when they have these agendas, there's always several reasons usually behind them. He wanted to burn down large portions of Rome so that he could rebuild it, because he thought of himself as a big designer and all this kind of stuff. But, uh, and, but he also wanted to distract the people and blame the Christians so that everybody would be mad at somebody. But there were people at that time who were writing that, no, this was Nero. That, and they were reporting the fact that the guys who were setting these fires and throwing people back into the fire and keeping people from escaping from the fire had military appearance to them. They didn't look like Christians, and Christians wouldn't do that anyway. But people had to have somebody to blame. And evil, of course, wanted everybody to hate somebody. So let's hate the Christians. See, evil can't kill you if you're a real Christian. If you're a real Christian, not the fake Christians, not the ones who are actually workers of iniquity, but the real Christians. But they can get other people to kill you. Mindless people, delusional people, people with dysphoria, (laughs) who aren't willing to or capable of seeing the truth. Who are used to accepting the lie. And so, that's what this Equality Act is all about. It's just shoring up this delusion in one little aspect. We should not be angry with them. Uh, when they, when they talk about removing religious exemption, the church isn't what it is because of a religious exemption. The church is what it is because of an exclusion. But your average Baptist church and your average 501c3 Catholic church and your average Methodist church and Assembly of God, they're not excluded. And we write all about that. And that's another hour program, which we don't have time for. But the real church is not of the world. It's not of the constitutional order. They can change the constitution all they want. It's not of their world. And now, if they come against the church, the church is, we're, we're toast, we're dead meat, except for the Holy Spirit. When I was talking to people about this, and I wanted to get onto the subject, there were some people I talked to that uh, went to some of our YouTube pages, and there's people at Bible studies and other people. You know, what does the kingdom look like? I don't want to just paint a picture. But, The kingdom is filled with people who care about you as much as they care about themselves. They actually love giving life and are abhorred at the idea of taking life away. Even by taking away a drop of your blood. See, if I covet what is yours, whatever you have that you've earned and you've made and you've created, if I want to take that away or a portion of that away, I'm I'm taking a bite out of you. And we're warned about that. I have whole articles up. What you need to do is start getting 
into the network, and the network needs to start reading and listening to these things over and over again. But only because, not because I will teach you, but I will keep pointing out where you're not conforming to Christ. And as you repent and conform to the thinking of Christ and the thinking of John the Baptist and the thinking of Moses, then you can say, I shouldn't be that way. You can repent. And then you can be still and the Holy Spirit may enter in and show you the way. I'm not supposed to write upon your hearts and upon your minds. But yeah, I'll tear down your delusions, but not without giving you the truth. And the truth is, is if you want to be saved from what's coming, you need to repent and seek the kingdom of God, which includes sitting down in the tens, hundreds, and thousands and starting to learn to care about one another as much as you care about yourself. So until you're willing to do that, uh, all I can do is say peace on your house and may God be with you. For some reason or another, I cannot find... Oh, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> I wasn't going to be able to play the final music. Anyway, God bless. Uh, see me on the network. I expect you to join up today. Preparingyou.com or hisholychurch.org. God bless. You have been listening to The Keys of the Kingdom with Brother Gregory of His Holy Church. For more information on the educational ministry provided by His Holy Church and Brother Gregory, including services, counseling, lectures, books, and other audio materials, please write to His Church at Summer Lake, Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.